Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to another episode of Shy Sports Combo. We are your hosts, Edgar Romero, alongside Martin Barraza. And today's episode will be going over the Stanley Cup Finals, the whole situation with the Cleveland Browns and Deshaun Watson, as well as the Bulls, NBA draft picks, and, and trade rumors and free agency, and our both baseball teams, the north side and the south side. But, Martin, how was your weekend? I know this weekend coming up will be the 4th of July weekend for us, so how was this weekend for you, buddy? The weekend was pretty good. Uh, can't complain. Great weather here in Chicago. Went to the AEW yeah. Forbidden Door. Oh, nice. Uh, oh, it was nice. It was good. Very packed. <laughs> Very packed. Bigger. <laughs> but I'm excited to move on to our sports. Alrighty. So, let's start with our Standing Cup Finals. That's last week. I know we left out the show saying that the Lightning were up 62 against the Avalanche, and that's how it remained. As the Lightning beat the Avalanche 62 and take and the Colorado are up to the one series. But then on Wednesday, in overtime, the Avalanche beat the Lightning 3-2. Three to one series lead. And then moving on to Friday's game, the Lightning win this game three to two scoring each scoring a goal on each period and say and avalanche still has a three two series lead and then moving on to sunday this is the game where the lightning needs to win to make it to uh, game seven and this was a tight game so close game the lightning scored first in the first period they were up one and nothing then moving on to the second period, the Avalanche come back and they score two goals on the Lightning and they are two, two to one. And unfortunately for the Tampa Bay Lightning, that was it. That's how the score stays. And the Colorado Avalanche are your Stanley Cup champions. And they take it in game six. And the MVP for that game was Kale McCarr for the Avalanche. What was your what was your thought on those game six, man? Kind of sucks that both the NBA Finals and the Stanley Cup Finals did not go into game seven. Well, it was a it was a very entertaining game. It was a very entertaining game, very entertaining series. Uh, once Colorado went up uh, three games to one, you felt a little desperation from Tampa Bay because they were trying to three peat. Yes. Very few teams three peated. Uh, their ca- the captain Steven Stamkos uh, reiterated that they needed to they needed to get get ready and it's not going to be an easy series in Tampa Bay. Tampa Bay for the last couple series, if you look at it, with the exception I think of the or the Panthers, I think yeah. uh, they they went up. They were losing two games to none and they came back and won these games. Uh, the Avalanche were. The NHL's best team from really from the beginning of the season on on forward, and they were on they forward display. The whole team and they won the whole thing. Yeah, 
Kale McCarr was awesome in this series. Yep. Moving around, making plays, uh, making things happen, joining the rush, especially in the offensive zone. He played very well. I think in the beginning, when we were breaking breaking down this series, when it first started, I was very excited because of Nathan McKinnon. But I think the guy that stood out in this series was Kale McCarr. Uh, he won. He won the Norris Trophy, which is the best defenseman in the NHL. Yes. And he showed and he showed very well. And I'm very proud of Tampa Bay because, unlike Boston, Tampa Bay actually went down, fought hard, and they they lost. But they fought yeah. these last two elimination games. They fought hard and they made the Avalanche earn their championship. It's not like they went yeah. away like Golden State did no. in their last game of their series. They made they made the Avalanche work for it. And yep. again, Tampa Bay has a championship exactly. pedigree, and I expect them to be back at this scenario next season. Yeah, you're right. Because the last three games it was just a, a tight score; they were just one run, one goal score. But yeah, so congrats to the Avalanche as they win the Stanley Cup, and the off season will start. We'll hear what our Chicago Blackhawks do. Says they're going to be a rebuild team and. We'll see who they keep, who they trade, and what happens with them. But let's move on to the NBA draft, as the NBA draft was last week, Thursday. And the Bulls had one pick, the number 18th pick. And they picked the guard from Arizona, Dalen Terry. And I believe they signed like another small forward. Lewis, whatever, forgot his name. But yeah, they they picked the they picked they they picked the guard and then they signed like a small forward rookie too as well. What do you thought? What are your thoughts on those on those moves? Well, Terry, Lon Terry was the guard from Arizona. I seen them. I seen Arizona play a couple times because Arizona was one of the best teams. Yeah. Um, this season. Uh, Terry was like your 3 and D type of guy. You shot well from the outside. Um, he's very long. He's six foot seven. And in this NBA, wings, wings that are able to defend are what's in right now. The NBA is becoming smaller and you need to be long and be able to defend. And he's kind of in the mold of Patrick Williams. I mean, not the upside as a scorer, but he can bring you another piece off the bench with with projections, kind of like Io as guys that could be good in the future. He's long, three yeah. and D, um, and I think it was a solid pick for this team by this team. Again, the front office, the front office is different from Gar and Pax. Um, They've shown in Denver that they're able to develop players like Jokic, who they got in the second round. So, um, and Patrick Williams, we're still waiting and seeing. But I trust this team has the best visions for the Bulls going forward. I think it's a good pick. I mean, they picked 18th. It's kind of hard to pick to pick like a superstar. There yeah. is a possibility with player development with player development and I, I trust that this team will develop this player. Uh, I think it was a solid pick. Now the, the the other player they picked was supposedly the best undrafted 
player available. They signed him to a two-way contract. I don't know his last name. I know he played at Marquette. And everybody, everybody in the Bulls organization is very excited on what they can do with this player. He projects as another 3 and D guy. He's, he's got length. He can shoot. And again, that's... I'm very interested to see in the player development that the Bulls have going forward. Yep. And also there's rumblings out there for, for Durant that he may want to be out of Brooklyn and the Bulls are interesting. If that's a potential trade for them as they're prepping if Durant must be traded and they're prepping for a trade package for him to offer the Nets if they're willing to take it or something but that's just rumblings right now it's not a set thing it all depends if the Ram wants to be traded but like you said I, we were talking earlier I know you said you just told me that um, Kyrie Irving opted in to stay with the Nets so maybe yeah. that will change the course for the rent. I don't know. What are your thoughts on that move? If the Bulls well, do trade, who you think they will trade? Because there's some scenarios here that that I've seen online and grab like Caruso, Vucevic, and Kobe White and three first rounds for Durant or Vucevic, White, and Williams or Vucevic, Caruso, and Williams and the three first rounds, future first round. You think that's going to be too much for the Red? Well, regarding Kevin Durant and the Brooklyn situation, uh, Kyrie Irving, I think we talked about it in the prior pods. If you guys want to listen to that, look in our library section. Uh, Kyrie Irving is a big piece of why, if Kevin Durant's leaving for Brooklyn, they're best friends. Again, Kyrie Irving is doing something unprecedented that we've never seen. Pretty much play whenever he wants and get paid a full contract. Brooklyn stood pat and held their ground. They did not want to give him a max contract. Nobody wants Kyrie. Every show that I listen to, every NBA pundit I listen to, every NBA analyst I listen to that has intel on other teams interests on Kyrie Irving nobody wants him so Kyrie Irving did not have any negotiating power he opted into his last year of his contract uh, and Kevin Durant wants to win Golden State has been talking a lot of crap about and minimizing Kevin Durant like Kevin Durant's uh, role in their championships and Kevin Durant's very motivated to win a championship um, I don't think he might move this season because I think Brooklyn will try to make one last push this year to potentially win a championship. But next year, if Kyrie Irving, which I don't think after next year, Kyrie Irving might not come back to Brooklyn. And also, it is not out of the question that Kyrie Irving isn't moved. The question is finding a team that will be willing to take on the headache that is Kyrie Irving. But if you move forward next season and Kevin Durant wants to move, and if the Bulls want to make a trade, Brooklyn, most likely, they're going to start with the three first round picks and they're going to want Patrick Williams because you, got, you want a good young player that you could develop with. 
Uh, yeah. Probably Vucevic might be involved in the deal. Um, and probably Caruso. Um, it'll be a lot, honestly, because once you trade away a lot of draft picks, again, the Bulls next year don't have their draft pick because it's going to Orlando, part of the Vucevic trade. Yeah. It's a lot. It's a lot. I don't think the Bulls have the, enough acquisition or ammunition to acquire Kevin Durant. So, as much as I would like to see Kevin Durant with the Bulls, I don't just, think the Bears just should... Just wait for next year, right? Yeah, I think the Bulls should not should not trade for Kevin Durant. I mean, realistically, I think Kevin Durant is going to be on the market next season when Kyrie yeah, Irving that's... is gone. Because right now, Kevin Durant is championships. He needs to yep. prove that he can win one out of Golden State. And again, Kevin Durant is a very motivated player. And all this crap I hear from, especially from Draymond Green, all the crap that he's talking about how, well, Kevin Durant wasn't that much of a big deal. That's got to motivate Kevin Durant. Like, I want a championship. I want yeah. a championship. I want a team that's able to surround me with players so I can go ahead and win a championship. And who knows, maybe the Bulls next season. Maybe the Bulls next season might jump into the sweepstakes, but it's going to take a lot to get Kevin Durant away from Brooklyn. I don't know if the Bulls have enough ammunition. No, I'd rather, I'd rather wait till next year. Like that. They don't lose no picks and they just sign him and like whatever. Well, he's not. He's, he's, he's still under contract with Brooklyn, I think, for three more seasons. So if he moves, oh, okay. he's going to have to get traded. And again, okay. that's why I don't, I don't know if the Bulls will have enough ammunition because you know that every team is gonna is gonna be lined up to get him. Every team. Yeah. Do the Bulls have enough? And I don't think they do. Do they sacrifice their future for Kevin Durant? Kevin Durant would be like 33, 34 next yeah. season. So yeah, it, it it's tough. It's gonna be a tough situation, but we'll see when players start moving and what the Bulls do, if they resign Zach Levine or they sign somebody else, who knows, probably DeAndre Ayton, because I'm hearing that DeAndre Ayton may not be him and I resign with the Suns, who knows, but we'll see, but let's, let's move on to the NFL. And the whole situation with the Cleveland Browns and Deshaun Watson. This is this. <laughs> I want to hear your side of this whole mess. And right now with the Cleveland Browns, especially that we already know that Deshaun Watson ain't gonna play this year. But the Browns expect me Baker Mayfield still to play and. I know, like everybody else, if I'm Baker Mayfield, I ain't playing. I'm sorry. You choose your you chose your quarterback already, and you chose them behind my back. What are your thoughts on this whole situation with the Cleveland Browns and Deshaun Watson? Um, I guess this story for the Cleveland Browns is a bunch of layers, a bunch of layers, a bunch of drama. Um. So first off for Deshaun Watson. Deshaun Watson has settled 20 of the 24 cases. But now the Houston Texans are getting sued 
by the accusers that are left that haven't been settled. And the reason why they're being sued is because the Houston Texans have a contract with a massage company. Okay. So the Houston Texans already have a, a company that you know provides them the, the provides the masseuses to the players. The players need massages. They they provide them for the Houston Texans. Well, Houston got complaints from the CEO of the company that they're associated with, that they did a contract with, that Deshaun Watson was contacting masseuses outside of their network, so not with the company outside. And Houston was fine. They were letting him they were letting him do it. You know why? Because he's you know, he's their star quarterback. They traded mostly everybody. The only person they had, and you know, they had a cater to Deshaun Watson, right? Yeah. So now, Houston is in trouble. Is in trouble for letting Deshaun Watson do that. Now, for the Cleveland Browns. So, Baker Mayfield had a bad year last season. After the year before... This team played very well. Um, they went to the postseason. They beat Pittsburgh, won a playoff game. Now fast forward to this year. There's high expectations. Uh, Baker Mayfield played through a bunch of injuries, had a torn labrum. He didn't yeah, play well. Yeah, he had well. a shoulder issue last year, last season, right? Yeah, he didn't play well. And and to me. To me, Baker Mayfield is a solid quarterback. He's not a top 10 quarterback to me. He's not. But in the right system that Cleveland has, run the football, play action, get the ball down the field, get him in a little bit of movement. You know, he's a play action, play action type of quarterback. He needs a good team around him. Because to me, he doesn't have the cannon. He doesn't have those skills, those skills, but he could be a top 15 quarterback. When Baker Mayfield is good, what do you think is his ceiling? Well, he's good, eh? If you put a good team around him, they, they could win championships, dude. But that's the thing. He was a number one overall pick. Number one yeah. overall picks, it doesn't matter what you put around him. Like, yeah. like, for example, Aaron Rodgers. This year, he doesn't have crap around him, right? No. I think he'll make it work. When you he draft better, the number he has one, to, yeah. He needs when you to draft Tom Brady, what did Tom Brady used to do in New England? Because Bill Belichick exactly. didn't want to spend crap, and he wanted to hoard all the money to, to the owner. And yeah, getting these seventh round pick converted quarterbacks into receivers and making them be great players. When you draft, you get drafted number one. That's the type of that's the type of quarterback you have to be. But Mayfield, that's the ceiling. You have to have a good team around him. And his contract's coming up, and you're going to have to pay him. I don't think he deserves the money because, for me, a quarterback that takes up a ton of my cap space, he has to make your team better, even if you don't give him anything. So, Cleveland, I guess, annoyed with the situation, you know, started asking about Deshaun Watson, they signed Jacoby Brissett as the backup quarterback. Um, and they thought the deal was not going to be made. Eventually, they made the deal. They gave him a fully guaranteed contract, which is unheard of in the NFL. 
yeah. unheard of in the NFL. They gave up a bunch of draft capital, and now the hearing starts tomorrow. The NFLPA, Deshaun Watson's representatives, and the NFL are holding a hearing regarding his actions. And from there, I guess they're going to decide what type of suspension he's going to get. I think he's going to be even, suspended the whole year. But even might get two years, dude. So after Deshaun Watson was traded, the writing was on the wall on Baker Mayfield. They wanted to shop him around. They were shopping him around before the draft. But Baker Mayfield is in his last year of his contract, and he take and I think he makes about eighteen million. Yeah. Cleveland didn't want to take part of the money, and they are unable to trade him because teams did not want to take on his fully guaranteed contract. And that's on Cleveland because who? Oh, that this is this is Cleveland's fault for the reason the fact for giving all that money to Deshaun Watson. 230 million guaranteed. And and you're trying to move Baker Mayfield, but you don't want to pay half of his salary contracts and get him traded. And now the situation with Deshaun Watson and you're expecting for him to start. And I was hearing um, last week, uh, Mr. Um, Skip, Bayless saying, Skip well, Bayless. that's part of oh. his contract. That's, that's part of his contract. That's his contract. He needs to play. I'm like, and Shannon yeah. Sharps are like, nope, nope. If I'm, if I'm Baker and I'm not playing. Because they already decided. They already decided on, on me. They didn't want me there. They, but you know what's funny? For Deshaun Watson. Yep. You, you know what's funny? A month yeah. before, Skip Bayless was saying that Cleveland needs to fucking release him. That he needs to release him. They need to release him. Now... Skip Bayless is saying that the, that uh, Baker Mayfield needs to play out the last year of the contract. Yeah, so, so he was like, begging for the he was begging for the team to not sign him to to release him. Yep. Yeah, that's why it doesn't make any sense. I was like, man, dude, I'm like, no, I'm sorry, bro. Like, when the team does not have my back and they have to go behind my back and trade for Deshaun Watson before they even need to talk to me and I have to find out through um, like the internet or whatever the way how he found out nah it's BS and now that he has these issues and it was only 24 and then all of a sudden another 40 40 something popped off after he was already traded it's like yeah, yeah. no, nah, I'm not gonna start I'm not gonna start I'm not gonna start I'm not gonna start recording that I'm just gonna chill. It's part of your contract, and I'm, I'm not gonna get. I'm, we're not gonna pay you. Then go ahead. I'm paying. Well, you. the reason why he's mad is because originally Cleveland touched base with with uh, Deshaun Watson and the Houston Texans. Yeah. Houston balked, and then Cleveland put out the report that they were perfectly content going with Baker Mayfield as their starting quarterback this season. And boom! Right after they traded for him. Yep. So it's a, it's a lot of, it's a lot of, I don't know. That tells you right there that's the reason why the Cleveland Mouse are not won the championship right there. The front office is shady. So what would you do if you were Baker Mayfield? I don't play, dude. I don't play, dude. 
the problem with Baker Mayfield is he's caught between a hard and a he's 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 in a tough situation. And here's yeah. the reason why. He didn't play well last season. So, you know, the NFL is what have you done for me lately, right? Mm-hmm. So in a lot of the scouts and GM's minds is what he did last season with a torn labrum. A lot of teams want to see if you're healthy. If I was the sh- if I was Baker Mayfield, I'll go and play. But I wouldn't talk crap. I'll I'll go ahead and train hard and dedicate the best that I can do this season and ball out. And ball out so I can cash in with another team. I mean, not a lot of people like him in the organization anyways because of the way he is. I'll just go in there, do my work, and try to play the best that I can so I can get the hell out of with this team. That's the problem. Or what he could do is he could play well for six weeks. He could play well for six weeks. If Deshaun Watson's out, he could just do... I mean, it's it's hard. He could just be like, you know what? After six weeks, be like, I played well. I don't want to be here. It's tough not, but it needs especially going into the, like you said, coming, waking up every morning just to go into that front office, knowing that they don't like you, they can't stand you. That must be tough, really. And fuck that. 99.9% people, when they know that they don't like you no more in the damn job, what do you do? You start looking for another job and, and move on or whatever. I know this is different, it's sports. Mm-hmm. Sometimes, you, you, sometimes he needs to bet on himself and just say, you know what, now I'm playing. I'd rather you eat that money and I'm gone and let me heal and start fresh and then prove himself to the scouts, hey, I'm healthy, I could throw, take a minimum amount payment and if he does good, then his money eventually will come. But if he, if he wants to stick around because he's getting paid $18 million, I'm like, dude, then you're just worried about money. Yeah, like I think he's going to do what you say. I would have done it differently, but judging yeah. how ba- knowing how Baker Mayfield is from the outside, looking in, how he carries himself as a player, how he was, he's going to do what you do. He's going to stick to his guns and he's not going to play. He doesn't care. He's not. He's not gonna play. Yeah. I bet you he would rather sign for the league minimum and go start yes. with another team and prove him wrong exactly. than come back and play for the Cleveland Browns. Exactly. That's the type of mentality you're supposed to do because, because think about it, Matthew. The team did not have your back, bro. Yeah, and he went out there and played exactly. with a busted shoulder. A busted shoulder. I think that's why he's team. pissed off. Yes, exactly. And they did not have his back. I'm sorry, they did not have his back. And fuck, he, now he's like, no, you know what? No, I don't care. I'll lose that money. I'd rather go play somewhere else, get healthy. I need to just stretch that. I'm going to work out. Because he's not be working. He's working out or whatever. But he's not going to play. I don't think he's going to play, dude. Nah, that's too much, bro. I'm not take that shit, dude. Think about it. If he starts for the Browns, it's like the Browns, the office is going to be like, you see, he, he does whatever we tell him to do. 
I mean, yeah, I know he's not like that. For me, I would just do it for a business decision because I would just go out there and play and be like, I can play. I want to get paid, and I want to show that I can play. Now, behind closed what, doors, it would be icy, especially with the business. front office. Yes, it was business, and so the office took it personally. <laughs> That's what happened. It was business, but then the, the office turned into personal shit. Where like they came up with like standing with his hands up, like, wait, what? I thought you just said yesterday that you were gonna go with me, and then all of a sudden, yeah, like, what? That's and they gave him a fully guaranteed thing. contract too. To top yeah. it off, a fully guaranteed contract. That's what I'm telling you, bro. So that's why, like, no, that's that's why I'm saying the big enough or not. You took that personal, like every that was a personal issue. Like, no, then you guys messed up. I thought you guys had my back, but you guys didn't. I'm like, no, that's fucked up. And if you're the owner, seeing how Deshaun Watson, all these things, would you trade? Would you have traded for Deshaun Watson? Hell no. <laughs> I would have waited, dude. They bailed Houston out. They basically bailed them out. Yes, they bailed them they out. Did, dude. That's it's, it's amazing how the garbage was in Houston, and Houston was able to grab that garbage and go kick it to Cleveland. With like, it's he's best suited over there. And that's why Cleveland. That's why Cleveland is the franchise that is. I would not have traded. I would not have no, traded with Deshaun Watson. I, I would have waited until this all uh, calmed down, past where he settled everything and everything was going on. Hey, it'd be like, all right, man, you know, and then gave him another year, like surface suspension. Then when he's done with his suspension, hey, go back up and you know, let's see how you're doing. If you're still good at Deshaun Watson, because if you're not, then now nah, I'm not going to care for you, buddy. Like, you're on your own, you lose that money for now. They traded for him, they gave him 230 million guaranteed. And it's like, wait, he hasn't done nothing for the past two, three years, and you give him all that money? <laughs> Damn, because, I wish I had this life, dude. And then here's the funny thing they would have, they could have waited when the time passes, right? And all the allegations yes. were so. He still would have cost the same. They still yeah. would have had to give three first round picks. They had to give, they would have, would have had to give him a new contract. He would have mm-hmm. cost the same even after. Houston yeah. doesn't have a good football team around him. That's the only way Houston's rebuilding. They traded off all of their players. He's the best thing that they could have, they could, the best trade chip they could have. <laughs> and he would have cost the same. And he didn't want to play for them anymore. He would have forced his way out. Cleveland was so dumb. So dumb. And now, you alienated your quarterback that you have now. What if Baker Mayfield would have went out and balled out? You wouldn't have had to trade all those picks. You could have just paid Baker Mayfield. Now you'll never know because Baker doesn't want to play. And now you don't even know how long Deshaun Watson is going to be out. Yeah, dude, because you traded all of those picks. You traded all those picks to just have him sit on the bench. Yep. He he, he didn't play last year, right? 
No, he didn't play. And he might not he play all play, this year. He might not he play, play all this year. Like this. He didn't play in 2020, right? Only oh, played like the first couple of couple of games before he got suspended, right? No, I th- I don't think he played at all last season. I think he did no, the COVID, play the COVID, the, the twenty twenty. I think he did. I think he led the league in passing. Oh okay. And then he got Might suspended, right, or something. Yeah. Well, he hasn't been suspended. He just hasn't played. It it looks bad. He hasn't been suspended. He hasn't done. He oh, hasn't okay. been charged at all. But he hasn't played at all to keep his, you know, so, yeah, to keep so him out of the go. public okay. eye. So there you go. The only one season he had was good was 2020 and 2019. Two good seasons, right? Yep. That you see him doing, and then 2021 did not play because he was being, uh, well, I don't want to play here no more. I don't want to yeah. stop. No, he was he asking, yeah. Me. Yeah, he wanted to be traded, and then all of a sudden, boom, here comes all the allegations. So I think Cleveland did a bad... Cleveland did bad. I would have yeah. not traded for him if I was Cleveland. They yeah, were they, so they, dumb in that they, trade. They, they, they put us off, but yeah, we'll find out more. And we'll talk about it more next week, and we'll see what the league does with Mr. Sean Watson, but I just wanted to hear your feedback on the whole Cleveland Brown situation and like that's the whole NFL drama right now with that. Thank, but thank God the Bears didn't on. trade for him. Right? <laughs> and they were thinking about it too, that's how I started. <laughs> uh. Oh man, let's move on to our baseball team. Let's start with the Chicago Cubs. They were on the road last week, and they started a four-game series against the Pirates. On Monday, they had an ugly loss as they lose from the Pirates 2-1. Winning pitcher was Brubaker, and the losing pitcher was Killian. Killian pretty much <sighs> debuted, had a good five-innings start with the Cardinals, but... It looks like he still needs a little bit more work, so... Oh, that made me sad. He pitched 2.1 in his pitch, giving up three hits, five earned runs, five walks, three strikeouts. I think he has had an issue with um, walking people. So, it's a great idea to send him down, so they send him down after this game. And Brewbreaker went six innings, giving up five hits, no earned runs, three walks, and a five strikeouts. And the only long run was scored by... Pat, as he went two for three, I had the lone RBI in that game. And for game, for Tuesday, game two, the Cubs lose this game seven to one, as the winning pitcher was Contreras for the Pirates and the losing pitcher was Schwarmer. Uh, I believe they tested Schwarmer out of the bullpen, so he went four innings, giving up five hits, four earned runs, two walks, and five strikeouts. Uh, Contreras went five innings, giving up four hits, one and run, two walks, and three strikeouts. Wisdom in this game had the lone RBI. He went two for three. But Wednesday's game is a different story. Thompson looks more dominant, more comfortable. He already has three starts that he looks like, okay, where the hell did he come from? Uh, he went six innings, giving up four hits, one and run, one walk, and seven strikeouts as the Cubs beat the Pirates 
14 to 5, and the losing pitcher was Eikhoff. He only went 4.1 in his pitch as he, this was his um, Pirates debut, giving up 10 hits, 10 earned runs, a walk, and four strikeouts. And in this game, Ortega went 3 for 5 with two RBIs. Wisdom 2 for 4 with a 4 RBIs. Hap 1 for 2 with two RBIs. Rebus 2 for 4 with five RBIs. And Horner 1 for 3 with an RBI. And uh, Thursday's game, this was a battle of the bullpen series back and forth. As um, the Cubs fall to the to the Pirates, 8-7th in the 10th, as Theo started the game for the Cubs. He had a, he had a down game, a, a down game as he went 5.2 innings, giving up seven hits, five earned runs, no walks, but had had eight strikeouts. Morrell went two for five, had one for five with an RBI, Wisdom two for five with an RBI, and the Horner Rebus. Um, Rivas went one for one with two RBIs and Horner three for five with two RBIs as well. So, starting off in the road trip at Pittsburgh, I was hoping for the split, but the good thing about this game, I saw that Thompson's looking more good, dominant now. Um, Steele. Looked a little bit iffy, but was able to stay consistent, and the Cubs were able to come back and tie the game. So even to the ends of the loss, um, Hat and Contreras looked good to hit. So and then Ortega continues hitting. And I see Ortega and Wisdom being trade shits as well. What are your thoughts on that? You believe that they, that could happen? Oh, I don't think so. Well. I was very disappointed in this series. The Cubs got their ass kicked in this series yeah. by the Pirates. I am not happy. Very sad that Caleb, Caleb Killian, like you pointed out, aside from his first start, he has not looked very good. Now, they, they optioned him down to AAA. Now, the question for the player development staff and your, manage, your coaching staff down there, how do we build this kid's confidence? because you're being touted as a one of their top prospects pitching very well in in triple a they you you bring him up against the st louis cardinals he pitches well you're riding high and then you get your ass kicked in the next couple starts to rebuild uh, uh, you need to rebuild his confidence back again yeah not nah, but i believe his issue was um his control his- his control for the strikes the strike zone like he it was too much he was not he was not pretty much targeting the strike zone he was giving up too many walks in his last four starts that's what i've been noticing because his walks rate were high and that includes in the in his in his mlb debut like where we saw these guys score mm-hmm. the runs third runs it was because it was a walk rate as well so if he's able to control that walk rate I believe he should be fine, but he does need a little bit more work. And I think that would be a thing. Yeah, that would be a thing that they could let him, they could tell him like, hey, control the walks, control the strike zone, you need to be better. And hopefully the staff lets him know like, to build up his confidence, hey, you were good, but what, what why do you think you weren't able to stay up there? 
and work with them and be like, okay, now that's what you need to work on for you to come up and stay there. He's got a bright okay, future. He, yeah, he needs to attack the zone. That's that's what I was trying to say. He needs to attack the zone because he got good movement. I noticed that he got good movement, but I don't, I don't see him that he's attacking the zone. And it's like, okay, bro, you got to attack the zone. Well, that's lack of confidence. That's lack of confidence. Yeah. That's when you don't trust your stuff. That's yeah. after you coming off a couple bad starts, then he's probably yeah. like, damn, like, you it's know, I got to be pressure. very careful. And, and, yep. Yep. And it's, and it's also the pressure, like, oh, shit, I'm being watched. I'm being watched. Like, yeah, so they got to, they probably send him down. Hey, you probably tell him, hey, relax it, breathe. Pitch your game, dude. Mm-hmm. Simple. Yeah, do what you I, were I doing. Once. Exactly, because once the trade deadline goal happens and everybody, whatever, whoever's getting traded, he's going to come back up and they'll be like, hey, there's no pressure here. We're in, we're, we're in the losing season. Don't worry. Just play your game, throw your pitches, attack the strike zone, and let's play ball. Yeah, try to get some consistency. Yeah, that's it. And yeah, but Thompson, man, he, he looks dominant, dude. So he's yeah, gonna stand up in the rotation. Yeah, the takeaway starts. Yeah, that's that's already three starts that he has had. Like holy shit, like damn, good good innings and, and good numbers as well. Like a lot of strikeouts too. He has been a surprise this season, um, and he's kind of a good takeaway that you that you have going forward. Yeah, I keep him. I keep even when Miley and Smiley come back, I keep him in there. Yeah. I keep him in there because he has to play bad for me to take him out of that role. He's done a good job. He he's faced some adversity. He's bounced back, and I want to see him do it good against good teams. Yeah. The Pirates are are not that of a good team, so we'll see. The Cubs off it. Cubs pitching was bad. The bullpen was bad in this series. Rowan Wick has been bad. Uh, most, I'm surprised. Most of this time. Most of this time is the bullpen that's giving up all these runs for the Cubs, dude. Because yeah. when the Cubs don't got that run support, it's it's, it's already a loss for them. Because you already know the bullpen's going to come in and they're just going to give up a shitload of runs. Because it's either they're going to bring in Daniel Norris, boom, he's going to give up like four or five Ooh, runs. And he's, that's bad. It. he's been bad. Yeah, so that's, well, that's why. That's the reason why the Cubs are losing these uh, games against sucky teams as well because of the bullpen because bullpen is not not top notch besides and they were doing well and they were doing doing well well. but but it's just just Robertson Robertson is the only long key guy that is going to be the top pitcher that's going to get traded oh yeah he's gone for sure the question is what they can get for him exactly and then from there uh, maybe package deal with Hendricks and Contreras I see that more of a possibility yeah Contreras is pitching well Ian Happ I think is their second best hitter behind Contreras this season so I do see Happ Contreras and Hendricks probably being the and Robertson being the main for people getting traded likely Strowman I believe he's staying he doesn't go because of injury he's been hurt yeah, yeah, he's been so hurt. He, if he, he wasn't hurt, they probably would have gotten yeah, rid of him too. they probably would have traded him. But, but since he's hurt, he ain't going nowhere. He's staying. 
And the only probably trade chip will probably be Wade Miley since he's done his last year. And if he does return and starts a couple of games, it could be an easy trade chip for somebody. Nothing big, but it's going to be like some, some little small deal or whatever. They're going to walk come or whatever, but that's it. I don't see nobody else because that's it. Um, but the Cubs lose three out of the four against the Pirates. But let's move on to the Cardinals series on Friday. This was actually a pretty good series to me. It never disappoints. Mm-hmm. Why is that? Why is that? <laughs> the Cubs suck, but for some reason, every time the Cubs face the Cardinals, when they face each other, they always get good-ass games. Yeah, no matter which time. team sucks. Yes. So let's start with Friday's game. And guess who's back? Kyle Hendricks is back as he wins this game as the Cubs beat the Cardinals 3 to nothing. And Hendricks goes 7.1 innings, giving up five hits, no earned runs, one walk with six strikeouts. Losing pitchers by Yantig. He goes six innings, giving up seven hits, three earned runs, three walks, and two strikeouts. And the save goes to David Robertson. Pat goes one for four with an RBI, and Horner goes two for three with two runs batted in. My man, Nico Horner. Yeah. Horner keeps getting hot. He, he keeps showing himself that he could be the main shortstop of the Cubs team. So that's, or that's second baseman. Or second <laughs> baseman, yeah. So, yeah, you know he's going to get moved over to second eventually. Yeah, I, I think so, too. But it's okay. I, I like me yeah. some Nico Horner. But, like we said, you know, Hendricks all season has been having up and down up and down years but if he can if he continues to be pitching how he pitched against the Cardinals uh, he could be a good trade ship to any contending team that needs him I know White Sox is not going to be your team oh I hope not oh I was oh reading some, I, I was I was reading online some articles about Wilson Contreras and Kyle Hendricks going to the south side for like Gavin Sheets, Aaron Bummer, and oh. some infielder and somebody else. And I'm like, wait, 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 what? Oh, that like, would be no. a terrible trade package. No, Bummer no, is no, always no, hurt. No, Gavin no, Sheets no, no. sucks. No, 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 no. Hell no, I would not make that trade at all. Like, the only trade that I will make if it's going to happen again, and I'm sorry, I'll be like, give me Luis Robert. <laughs> yeah. No, I hope not. I would be very dev- I would. I would break my computer right now yep. if the Cubs You want Contreras and you trade. want Hendricks? You want Contreras, you want Hendricks? Give me Luis Roberts and Garrett Crochet. And you know what? You guys need a second baseman? We'll give you Nick Madrigal back. <laughs> yeah, take take Nick Madrigal back. Yeah, no, I would take Andrew Vaughn. I would take Andrew Vaughn, uh, a Gary Gary Crochet. I will take Gary and... Crochet, even though he's he's in the he's in the thing instead of Aaron Robert. No, I'm taking Gary Crochet. Gary Crochet needs to take that. You know what? Yeah, you're right. Between Wilson Contreras and Kyle Hendricks, yeah, I'll take Andrew Vaughn and, and Gary Crochet. Over Gang Sheets and um, Aaron Bummer. 
Yeah, yeah you're and, right. and and a couple minor prospects. And a couple of yeah. minor, minor prospects. Yeah, you're right. You're right. Yeah, I'm but Andrew Vaughn and Garrett Crochet, that's the package. I don't yeah. think they'll trade. If they do, I'm going to be so pissed off because for whatever reason, the Cubs just want to give them players so they can win. Nope. No, I but think I think main, Wilson Contreras, I think, I think, is going to the Yankees. Either the Yankees or the Mets? Oh, duh. That's it. I think that's it. Astros. The Astros, Astros need catching Astros, help. Astros, White Sox, Yankees, and Mets are the ones, main ones that need catching. I'm pitching. I'm pitching. So that that's the only thing that I would see. So yeah. But hopefully Hendrick stays consistent and keeps putting up numbers like as always. But moving on to Saturday. On Saturday, the Cubs lose to the Cardinals five to three. Winning pitcher was Nicolas as he goes six innings, gaining up four hits, one and run, one walk, and nine strikeouts. And the losing pitcher was Samson. He goes five innings, giving up four hits, two and runs, two walks, and five strikeouts. And the save goes to Helsley. Ortega goes one for four with two runs batted in, and Rivas goes 0 for three with an RBI. But let's move on to Sundays. And Sunday was a fun game as. The Cubs beat the Cardinals 65, and finally, the Cubs win in, in, over, in extra, extra innings. innings. Wow, they beat the Cardinals 65, and the p- winning pitcher was Robertson, losing pitcher was Thompson on the Cardinals side. Ortega goes one for four with two RBIs. Contreras goes two for five with three RBIs. He got the game-winning RBI to make it 65 and get the game-winning run. And then Rivas goes 2-4 with an RBI. So, the Cubs, after starting off the, the series with the Pirates going 1-3, one, one they ended up taking 2 out of 3 against the Cardinals. So, they had a good weekend. It was a, a good competition back and forth game. Against the Cardinals, like they always do, it doesn't matter if they're in Bush Stadium or Wrigley Field. They got their hated rivalry. Yep, the heated rivalry. No matter what, they always play good games on because they take two out of three. You were surprised that the Cubs were able to take two out of three against the Cardinals? Yeah, because the how competitive they were, which is pretty good. Um, the Cardinals, the Friday game. Oliver Marmol, their manager, gave a good compliment to, to Hendricks that he wants Hendricks to retire. And then they broke down <laughs> the numbers, the numbers against Hendricks, against the Cardinals. And he's been pitching pretty well. So for Mr. Kyle Hendricks, um, earlier this season, we didn't know what the Cubs were. But one thing that we had for certain is what Kyle Hendricks is going to be. And if I told you this in the beginning of the season, that Kyle Hendricks would have an ERA north of five this year. What would you think? Be like, wait, what? He usually have he's usually around between three, three and, and four. Yeah, but he has an ERA of five, and unfortunately, he's been inconsistent. I want to see more consistency of Kyle Hendricks. His next start is against Cincinnati, and I want to see more. He pitched very well because the other starter for the Cardinals, Payante, he is not. He's not really in the rotation, 
Um, and he pitched well enough. He, he kept them in the game, and he pitched well. Uh, the other games, Mikolas has pitched very well this season. And for the Cubs, I mean, I thought that's the game that they were going to lose. Um, and Sunday they got lucky because Flaherty, <laughs> Flaherty has been gone all season with a yep. shoulder injury and his shoulder popped. His shoulder injury popped up again. I mean, yep. I should know. Yeah. Flaherty's in my fantasy baseball team, so, so yeah, it's. I am very pleased at the fight that they showed against the Cardinals. Now, what irritates me is how the hell didn't they show that against the Pirates? So if they brought in that same that same level of play against the Pirates, I'm pretty sure they would have either, either split or won yep. three or four. And that's what irritates me with the Cubs. They they play competitive against the, the Cardinals and the White Sox, and then they get their ass beat by the Reds and the Pirates. Yep. So that, that annoys me. Happ is playing well, Contreras plays well, and ultimately to wrap a bow on the Cubs segment, Jed Hoyer wanted to, you know, get these one-year contracts to be trade chips, right? Yeah. As far as I see, out of all of those guys that he signed for one-year contracts, only one person, one player, is actually going to get him something. And that is Robertson. Robertson. Everyone else didn't. Miley and Smiley are hurt. The bullpen has been inconsistent. Givens has not been playing, has not played well. He's been a mixed bag, and it's not not good. I think the players that are going to get traded: Hendricks, Contreras, Hap, Robertson. That's it. Those are the only four guys of note for the, what, that can give the Cubs anything. I don't think anybody's going to trade for Ortega. I don't think anybody is going to trade. Anybody is going to trade for Wisdom. I think some teams are going to be asking for Chris Morrell, and if the Cubs were smart, they would not trade him. Um, and then my only thing that uh, that is a concern is we don't know we don't know the the status of the outfielder, the outfield that they signed for an eighty million dollars. He's been hurt most of the year, and he's been a big question mark, and he's going to be a question mark heading into next season when you need to start putting together kind of the guys that you go forward and then you could spend some money. Yep. Zaya Suzuki. Yep, Zaya Suzuki. But, but right now, all I'm thinking about is moving out Hayward and then figure that stuff out later. Well, that's another thing. I, Jed Hoyer came on this podcast, well, came on ESPN 1000. Yeah. Um, and he did an interview, and they were grilling him about that subject. Why does he keep playing Jason Hayward? His thing is that there's been injuries, and because of the injuries, he's been having to play Jason Hayward. Nelson Velasquez, I think, is up, right? They need to play him more. Yeah. Jason Hayward is fine. I mean, I understand what he did and stuff like that. I get it. And he wants to have him in the clubhouse for, you know... For leadership, but dude, they charge no. they charge they charge a lot for these prices, these ticket prices. They're very vague 
about what they want to do with this team, even though me and you that are diehard Cubs fans, we know this is a damn rebuild. Jed Hoyer yep. doesn't want to admit it. Um, you got to play these young players. Jason Hayward is not part of the future. Nope. He stated, he stated that they were kind of too... The reason why we're in this place, in this mess, they were very headstrong on the last core of... of uh, Baez and Bryant and Rizzo and then also which something that me and you have talked about a lot lack of player development right this is one of those player development things where the hell are you playing Jason Hayward Nelson Velasquez needs some reps he does somebody and that's the thing that's the thing you just stated player development was a thing and player development was a reason why this team did not was so bad and did not progress we have Jason Hayward still playing you can give Clint Frazier a chance you can give Nelson Velasquez a chance you don't give none of the young players a chance and I think that's what is irritating the fan base it irritates me I know it irritates you and yeah, we'll see we'll see Velasquez gets more reps they're, they're in a losing season Right? Mm-hmm. Look what the Cubs did to Alfonso Soriano. They had to cut him, right? Yep. Didn't they cut him? And they just, or they just traded him, or they just cut him loose, but they just paid him whatever he was owed his last year, or a year and a half? Yeah, I think they might. Yeah, I think they did what you said, yeah. And that's what they got to do to Hayward. I'm sorry, Hayward, you did what you did, but you're not hitting. The Cubs, this is a rebuilding team. You're not part of the rebuilding team. We're just gonna cut you and we're gonna pay still pay you the rest of the money that we owe you. But we need to pay the if they did that to Alfonso Soriano when they when Theo Epstein came in with Jed Hoyer. I don't understand why Jed Hoyer can't do the same thing with Jason Hayward right now. And Soriano was a better player than Jason Hayward is right now, exactly. even though at that point of that of his career, Soriano swung at everything. He was like Javi Baez. Yeah, he but was he like still Javi- put, hit for power and stuff. Yep, he could hit for power, but it was during the Cubs rebuild. So why why would the Cubs have Soriano as as your main focus when it was your rebuilding team? So get him out there, get him released, and that's it. You know, let him sign with somebody else and. Man, trying to sort of think, but yeah, with Jason Hayward, yeah. Like, I'm not trying to be bogus or anything. Yeah, yes. Whatever he did, he provided, yes, he was part of the core 2016 championship. Yeah. Thank you so much. You released a lot of people waiting for that moment for a long time. Some more than others. And thank you guys for that, but we're moving on. So now it's about just winning. And being consistent and trying to be the best team in MLB, and and currently you're not the best player in MLB for this team. Then it's like we got these young, like you said, Nelson Velasquez. He was the the MVP of the Arizona Fall League last year. So it's like he needs some reps. Say so yes, Suzuki's down. What better position player to play his right field right now, currently, than Nelson Velasquez? Yes, I understand you got the center field open. Okay, yeah, you start center field, but but I don't know. 
and then they're waiting or unless they're waiting to see who they move in the trend deadline but I don't know because yeah they got they, but, but Clint Frazier's still down there my, my bad no it's not Clint Frazier no more it's Jackson Frazier he's down there uh, Jackson Frazier's in AAA right now with the cuts I think they could cut freaking Hayward and they could call back up on Jackson Frazier. He didn't know that, by the way, that he he was DFA'd and nobody got him and he went down and he got sent down to AAA. Yeah, I don't think nobody's going to want him. He kept talking crap about the the New York Yankees and I I think he turned off a lot of teams and I think the Cubs are done with him too. And then I, I heard the stuff. You know what, man? I think I gotta change my name. Like, people don't call me Clint. Everybody calls me. So, can you please start calling me Jackson Frazier? Okay. No, that's hilarious. I'm like, okay, cool. But yeah, but you're right, man. They, they got just gotta cut Hayward, dude. I'd rather see the Cubs lose with these young team instead of. Seen the Cubs lose with these batteries teams. But I'm already like don't want to see Contreras leave, but I know they're gonna pull the trigger. Well yeah, because they haven't really they haven't really made any talks about an extension. In a perfect world, they in a perfect world they need him he would be a great asset catchers like him don't grow on trees and with the dh they could prolong his career he could be what jose abreu was for the white Sox. with all these young players he could be that type of leader um i hear a lot of people talk about the same crap about well jan gomes came and you know the writings on the wall jan gomes is not a starting catcher just because they signed jan gomes it doesn't mean that was a for sure thing that they were going to release. No. They were going to trade him. Jan Gomes is not a starting level catcher. And that irritates me. I keep hearing that like on the radio from these stupid, uh, these these sports talk radio hosts. They're like, oh yeah, they signed Jan Gomes and that's how we knew the, the Cubs were like, let go. Jan Gomes is not a starting catcher. He's not a starting catcher. They had a hole at the backup catcher spot. Yeah. Like, it's not even that. We talked about this in like the earliest episodes of um, our podcast. Remember, we said Miguel Amaya when had um, Tommy John surgery or whatever he needed. He was going to come up. They were going to yeah, bring him he was up. Gonna come up. They were going to bring him up. He was going to be the backup catcher because eventually Wilson Contreras was going to get traded, but they wanted Contreras. Miguel Amaya. To, they wanted Miguel Amaya to learn from Contreras. Contreras had dinner with him and stuff and told him yeah. that this was going to be his team. Exactly. So they were ready to move on from Wilson Contreras and Wilson Contreras was prepping Miguel Amaya. But unfortunately, Miguel Amaya got injured. And they needed a backup catcher and they signed Jan Gomes. And there you go. That's the reason why Jan Gomes is there. Jan Gomes is not there because of Wilson Contreras. And the reason why Jan Gomes signed the two-year deal, yes. And the potential that Wilson Contreras does get traded this season in July, which looks like it's going to happen, 
Then Jan Gomes is released there for another year until Miguel Amaya comes back fully guaranteed and is called up to start catching. Like, does that make sense or no? No, it makes sense. It makes sense, but I'm just annoyed that I hear like, "Oh, Yang Gomes, this Yang Gomes, that." Like Yang Gomes, no. Yang Gomes is a backup veteran. He's a backup veteran catcher. Miguel Amaya was the one that was supposed to take the keys, mm-hmm. and that's that's what the Cubs were doing. That's what the Cubs were going to trade him because they Miguel Amaya was ready, but then he yeah, blew Miguel out his Amaya arm. was ready. Yep, he blew out his arm, but Miguel Amaya was ready. And Wilson Contreras was like, okay, cool, yeah, I'll teach him. Yeah, I'll take him under my wing. Don't worry, I got him. Because one thing that I like about Wilson Contreras, he doesn't complain as much. He speaks his mind. But he does whatever he needs to do. No matter if he has beef with the team or not, but he gets, he does his job. But yeah, that's, that's one of the reasons. But yeah, but overall... <laughs> We'll find out in one of a couple of weeks now as we're getting inching closer to the All-Star game. So I already know that that'll be the only guy, him and probably Robertson. They're probably going to be the Cubs starters. Well, we're going to be part of the All-Star team for the Cubs, representing the Cubs. Wilson Gutierrez is probably David Robertson. David Robertson has a pretty good ERA. Maybe. I don't know. If this stays consistent, but if he blows it up, <laughs> he blows it up in the next couple of games, and yeah, he won't. Yeah, because Robertson has like a one point something ERA, so if he stays yeah. like he'll probably eventually be your arm in the bullpen or something. Yeah, only him and Ian Happ, I think. Contreras, him, and Ian Happ are the only three legitimate all stars. Contreras is going to start. Yeah, he's um, going to be the start. Ian Happ has been playing well. But I don't yep. think he's gonna make it, unfortunately. Nah, but he's but he's been playing well. Yeah, he's been playing well. But I think he's just gonna be Contreras representing the Cubs. Mm-hmm. Maybe Robinson has an extra bullpen arm or whatever. Yep, I think you're right. But this week the Cubs are out of state, but they started three game series starting tomorrow as the Reds come to Wrigley Field for the next three games, Tuesday to Thursday, and then. The Boston Red Sox, the hot oh boy. Boston Red Sox, <laughs> come into town starting Friday to Sunday on the 4th of July weekend to face the Cubs. Oh boy. I think I want to catch one of those games because, man, it's rare when you forgot to see the Boston Red Sox in town against the Cubs. Yeah, we might have to make our way to Wrigley in one of these, one of those yep. days. I want to check out either Friday or Saturday at what time the game starts so we could just fucking go over there and just watch it outside in the freaking um, big ass Titan Tron. Oh, yes. I'll be here for the North Siders and let's move on to the South Side. And the White Sox, they were at home. And the visiting team, the Toronto Blue Jays, came into town. On Monday, and they had a three-game series, and the White Sox beat the Blue Jays. It was a tight game, eight to seven. As the winning pitcher was then, he goes five innings, giving up four hits, three earned runs, two walks, 
by strikeouts, and the losing pitcher was Berrios. As he goes four innings, giving up nine hits, six earned runs, one walk, and one strikeout. And the save goes Joe Kelly. Andrew Vaughn goes four for four with two runs batted in. Robert goes two for four with two runs batted in. And Harrison goes one for four with two RBIs as well. Tuesday's game. Another tight game, but the White Sox win this game seven to six. The winning pitcher was Velasquez out of bullpen, and losing pitcher was Gage. Robert Robert went two for five with four RBIs. Mendick, Harrison, and Engel had an RBI each. The starting pitcher for the White Sox was Cease as he goes to six innings, giving up one hit. No earned runs, one walk, and 11 strikeouts. So that tells you that the damn bullpen gave up six runs to tie the damn game for them. So. <laughs> There you go. That's what I've been saying on paper. The Fox team looks good, but starting rotation, they look they're they're on point. Uh, the bullpen, you don't know what you're getting. They're unpredictable, and the offense has not been consistent. Moving on to Wednesday's game, and the White Fox. Lose this game. Nine to five as the winning pitcher was Shroff Tripling. He goes six innings, giving up five hits. One on a run, one walk, and nice strike of and the losing pitcher. Guess who was the losing pitcher, Martini? Lucas Giolino. Of course. He goes five <laughs> innings, giving up eleven hits, seven earned runs, one walk, three strikeouts. Oh boy, Robert he's been bad. Pollock, yep, Hazy McGuire, Berger had an RBI each. But there was not enough as they lose nine to five to the Blue Jays. And this three game series against the Blue Jays. Good thing they won two out of three. Question mark. The bullpen scares me. And what the hell is going on with Lucas Jelly? It's been a month. A month. A month and a half ever since he came back from um, COVID that he's just been giving up all these runs constantly. That's already like five starts, I believe, or six starts. Yeah. Uh, it's hard. It's hard with this team. Again, we're not... Our job is to be objective, you know. Like, we make... We make this is the this one and the and the white not the Bulls, the White Sox and the Bulls right now are the two championship caliber teams that we have in the city. So, yes. Even though we're big Cubs fans, like as a as a baseball fan, I do want to see the Sox be successful because of the roster that they have. But yes, we follow this team day to day again because we're baseball fans and they're in the city. Oh, there's something with this team that they just cannot put it together, right? You feel like, okay, they get a couple wins going, right? They won the first two games of the series, right? Yep. And and you feel, but there's something wrong with Giolito, his diminished velocity, and I don't know if he's, he might not be right from COVID. Um, the bullpen at times, it's really good, and then at times it's really bad offensively too um i don't know if this is the series where danny mendick tore his acl 
but they're also hurt all the damn time. It's they just can't catch a break, unfortunately. I think they'll yeah. win their division because the division is bad. Mm-hmm. But they need to get they need to get Giolito right. I know Giolito made a press conference and said he needs to be better. Well, yeah, I know. But things need to translate on the field. He's had consistent starts where he has not been good and he's been giving up a ton of runs, especially against the good teams. And I think he starts today and he's facing the Angels. So we'll see how he starts today. But they need to get him better because the the pitching staff is what's been carrying this team. Dylan Tisas was awesome against the Blue Jays. And then yeah, the bullpen, just, like you said, gives up a ton of runs. Like it, it's just frustrating for us. And we're not even White Sox. I can imagine a White Sox fan being so frustrated with the injuries and the inconsistency. Yeah. Uh, yeah, you're right. But sorry, White Sox fan. <laughs> it comes to the four game series that you guys should be pissed at. If we were pissed that the Pirates that the the Pirates beat the Cubs three out of the four games, then you guys definitely should be pissed that the Owls beat the White Sox three out of the four games. Let's start how they lost Thursday. The Owls beat the White Sox four to nothing. Winning pitcher was Kramer. Losing pitcher was Cueto. Kramer goes four five point two innings, giving up seven hits, no earned runs, one walk, and four strikeouts. And he's well, not he's, he's like their number five starter. <laughs> Exactly. And Cueto goes 5.1 innings, giving up 7 hits, 3 on runs, 7 strikeouts. I can't say no offense because the Sox didn't do nothing. Let's go to Friday's game. And the winning pitcher for this game was Kerbiel. This was a bullpen game for the O's. Pitch and the bullpen arm when he was 2.1 in games, giving up no hits, no earned runs, three strikeouts. While the losing pitcher, Mr. Michael Kopek, was six hitting, giving up three hits, three earned runs, four walks, and two strikeouts. He's another pitcher that I'm starting to see that he has a lot. He's having a high walk right now, recently, in the recent, recent games. Yeah. And that should be an 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 eye opener for the White, White Sox um, pitching staff. And the long run for the White Sox as they lose four to one was Berger. He goes one for three with an RBI. Oh, there you go. My bad. It was him. You know how we were talking about that Contreras and Hendricks to the White Sox. No, I don't want Jake Berger. Yeah, Jake they, Berger they, they can't play. Jake Berger they, they can't like, play the field. Jake Berger, uh, Aaron Bummer, and, and and some prospect. No, thank you. <laughs> That's what I said. I'm like, nope. They could keep the burger. I'm straight. There ain't no cheese on it. I don't want it. <laughs> <laughs> you can't play the field. We don't want a DH. Exactly. We got Rafael Ortega. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. That, that's what I was like. I first forgetting the name. I'm talking about like, oh yeah, that was it. But yeah, he was the only long run for that Friday game. That loss for that Friday game. Now moving on to Saturday. Again, another loss for the White Sox. They lose six to two. Winning pitcher was Watkins. 
He goes five innings, giving up five hits, no earned runs, four strikeouts. Losing pitcher was Lynn. He goes six point two, giving up six hits, five earned runs, eight strikeouts. Oh, it's looking more for like Lynn that he has these back-to-back starts where he's giving up a lot of runs. Oh. And when he wins, it's because the offense is actually scoring runs for him. And when he loses, it's because the offense did not score as much for him. But Robert goes two for four. Sosa goes for all for five with with one run, and Sheets goes two for three with a run. Now moving on to Sunday's game, the finale. This was a close game, but the White Sox beat the Orioles four to three. The winning pitcher was Cease. Losing pitcher was Lyles, and the same goes to Graveman. As he goes seven innings, giving up four hits, one in a run, three strike, 13 strikeouts. While Lyles goes seven innings, giving up six hits, four earned runs, one walk, four strikeouts. Sheets goes two for four, two RBIs. Brown goes one for three with an RBI, and Savala goes one for three with an RBI. So, what were your thoughts on these four, four game series against the O's? Massively disappointed in the White Sox because, well, Baltimore, Baltimore, I've been following Baltimore a lot because they, especially in the talks with the strike, they were one of the teams that was constantly brought up by the Major League Players Association because they're always tanking. Um, So... They actually have a bright team in terms of hitting. They have solid hitters. They have Austin Hayes. They got Mullins. They got they got Mountcastle. They got Trey Mancini. And then they one of the I think the number one prospect in baseball and Adley Rutschman who had a great series against the White Sox. Um, they have hitters, which is fine. I think the White Sox pitched well except for, for Lynn. But their starting pitcher, I think, gave them a chance to win. I'm massively disappointed in the offense because Baltimore has horrible pitching. Yes, horrible they do. pitching. Their top pitcher did not even pitch in this series, which is Wells. If you drop in Wells to a contending team, Wells doesn't even crack the rotation. That's how bad they are in terms of pitching. And the fact that the White Sox could not hit against this team has to be monstrously frustrating for the fans. That's where I'm disappointed. In terms of starting pitching, I think they did well. I think Cueto did well, pitched pitched well enough to win. Kopech, I think what's going on with him is I think he's getting tired, which is bad, which is bad. But I think he pitched well enough to win. Lynn did not pitch well, and he's pitched very well. This series, they lost because of the offense. Yeah. Yeah, you're right, man. This offense, dude, I'm like... And you can't quite put things together with this team. It feels like you're getting on a roll. Okay, you beat Toronto. Okay, you got Baltimore, let's take three or four, right? They can't. They lose three or four. And that's my frustration is with this team. They can't put things together. You get good, solid starting pitching, but then they can't hit. You start to hit, and then the pitching implodes. Like, they can't quite get And then, 
Again, they're always hurt. Tony La Russa gave a press conference earlier and he said they have five guys that if there's a routine out, they're told not to hustle because they, they'll get hurt. <laughs> that's Jose yeah. Abreu, that's Luis Robert. I think that's just Manny Grandal, that's Tim Anderson. And I think it's Andrew Vaughn. Those five players, if they, if they hit a 100 mile per hour ground ball to, to the shortstop, and they know they're going to be out, just, you know, just don't hustle because you're going to break. That's terrible. This is a young team. That's, that's, that's not, and that's not even, that's not even a, a winning, a winning World Series team right there, dude. They can't no. And then fundamentally, this team is not good. Abreu is, Abreu is dropping balls, being thrown a first. Yes. Like, that's what I mean. They're not even doing the little things. You have to do the little things right if you're getting hurt so bad. Eventually, the excuses are going to be, this is a team that's good enough. And they can't put it together. If they don't get their eggs right, then... I don't know, because if they don't make it and they don't win nothing this year... Then we're all right. This team it is a bust. Do you think they'll win the division? Now that's the question. Do you think they have enough to win the division? It's a 50-50, bro. It's anybody could take it, dude. The division is between either the, the Sox, the Twins. Pretty much the Sox and the Twins. The Guardians? The Guardians you don't think the Guardians? The Guardians, the Guardians have a chance, but if... It depends on who, which team wants it. Who makes the move? And for me personally, like I said, if the Twins and the Twins make moves in the trade deadline to be on top of the division, and the White Sox don't because they don't have as much trade chips as they did before, because all of them are already called up. Then that tells you that it's on the grabs and it's pretty much going to be 50-50. The twins need the twins need a starter and they need a closer. You know who has a closer that can help out the twins? The Cubs. <laughs> the Cubs. Robertson would fit well because they had a closer in Rodgers, and they traded to the Padres for a starter. I'll tell, right I'll tell you this right now. The Cubs have the three things that the Twins need right now, which is a fucking catcher, a starting pitcher, and a closer. Contreras, Hendricks, Robinson. Oh, that would that would be so fun <laughs> if they traded them to the Twins. Think about it, and they're able to because the twins are stacked with prospects. Yeah, they have they have Royce Lewis. Unfortunately, Royce Lewis got hurt, but he can play shortstop. They have Martin, the the top the top prospect they got in the Barrios deal from the yeah. from the Blue Jays. They do have some prospects. 
No, yeah, they got prospects. They could, they could, they could able if they want to actually win the division and make something out of it. The Guardians need a hit, need a hitter. Wilson Contreras can also fit with them because they have a hole at the catcher. Guardians need a bat. I think they have enough pitching, but they need a bat. No, you could get Ian Happ. Yeah, Ian Happ would fit too. Because they need an outfielder too. So yeah, they got the Cubs got the Cubs got enough weapons where they they could go. They could they could trade them anywhere, but as long as the true um, um, package is offered. Yeah. So do you think and the White Sox will win the division? As how it stands right now, no. Are they looking right now? No. Ask me that question after the trade deadline. Okay. Then we'll then that's a different story. Then we'll see how how they look. I do but think they're right going to win the division, barely. As of right now, well, you know what? Yeah, barely yet, but depending. It's like I said, after the trade deadline, that's what I could see. Depending on who makes the moves and what what does each team do, because I got to see the trade deadline. Okay. If the, Twins, if the Twins don't do nothing and the Guardians don't do nothing, then I'm going to say, yes, they're going to fucking win the damn division. If they don't win the division, it's, it's their own damn fault. It's because a failure. Of, yeah. The wild card is going is going on the east side. It's not it's not gonna go on the on the central or the west. That's staying on the east because you got four teams that are battling each other for first place over there. Well, not really because the freaking Yankees are gonna be party at sixty, close to seventy games won by by the time the All Star game hits. Yeah, you have uh, Boston. Uh, Tampa Bay and Toronto. Toronto, and then and then right behind them, the Baltimore Orioles. Like, what the hell? Yeah, they're keeping. They're playing well. Like I said, they if they had some starting pitching, they would be outside looking in too. Not, but yeah, but the way how they play, yeah, Tampa Bay, Toronto, and, and, and the Red Sox, they're heating up all three teams at the same time. So that's going to be interesting. So they're going to be battling for the wild card spot. For the for the number four, five, and six spots. So for the White Sox, they're just pretty much fighting for the Central Division. But we'll see. But the Sox are on the road. Like like Martin said, they start a three-game series today against the Angels, the Anaheim Angels, starting from Monday to Wednesday, and then. They travel to San Francisco for another three-game series starting Friday to Sunday for the July 4th weekend. And before before we end the whole MLB, you just saw the whole fight between the Mariners. (laughs) Yes. Finally, we saw a fight. We even had Anthony Rendon with his cast. Rendon. I saw this shit reminding me of freaking um, like Stone Cold Steve Austin, Justin Winker flipping off the fans, going against Cowboy Bob Orton with Anthony Redon's cast, really trying to use it as a weapon. Against The Undertaker, <laughs> right? 
They just serve suspensions right now for all 12 players. Yeah, I think 12 players. 12 yeah, players. Hey, but we got we got some fire. We got Racial, and then we got Racial Iglesias after everything calmed down, just chucked all of the sunflower seeds. <laughs> no fucking reason, just chucked all the sunflower seeds down. Uh, it, it was, I mean, it, it was entertaining. I mean, it was entertaining. I mean, you start coming in and explaining somebody or something, they're like, what the hell is this dude? I'm like, what the hell's going on? I'm like, shit. Last night, the manager, former cup, Phil Melvin, starting off. <laughs> and, and Shohei Otani, I think he was in the middle of it. He was just like yes. calming people down. I guess. They were not what the hell he was saying, really. Like, I don't know what the hell you can say, buddy. <laughs> oh man, but, but yeah, it was it was a, it's something to revitalize baseball because, like you said, baseball losing losing a lot of viewers because it's an you know it's an older sport, and I think the fights are something to get the fans more interested in the game. Yeah, because the fans were like, "Let's go Ravens," and then you start seeing Jesse Winkler like, "Screw you guys, off you, off yeah, I mean, if it's Tim Anderson could flip off the fans and get a slap on the wrist, I mean. Oh yeah, both of these, both of those teams were going in the wrong direction. Seattle had like big expectations, and they haven't lived up to them. And again, the Angels <laughs> fired Joe Madden. What do you think Joe Madden would have done if he was in the middle of the fight? He would have just stayed out of it and be like, I don't know. He probably would have smoked in a little, a little joint before heading out and be like, I don't know, you know, I smoked in a little joint before. Then I come out and everybody's all piled up. Oh no, I got out of that one to see that and the holy shit. It was out of when fucking. A stupid red pitcher, what's his name? Um, Amir Garrett. Amir Garrett. <laughs> oh, I just love. Yeah, I love when Baez, but I loved. When, well, I loved that Baez, and then he hit a, he hit the game-winning hit off of him, right yep. after. And then now Amir Garrett's with the Kansas City Royals, and Baez with the Tigers. Tigers. I'm like, oh hell no, you guys are too boring at the now. But, uh, yeah, but, yeah. But, then, then it looks like it's going to be the end of our show. Thank you guys for listening. Keep please sharing our podcast. Listen, listen to our podcast on Spotify, Google, or Apple Podcasts. As well as you guys could follow us on Twitter at ShysportsCombo1 and leave us uh, a comment. Uh, give us any suggestions of what you guys want, want us to talk about on the podcast or 
or a topic that you want you guys want to talk about as well because I know you guys want to follow you guys are interested in wrestling Martin also has uh, his wrestling podcast go ahead Martin yeah you could guys can follow uh, my wrestling podcast called the Shoot Style Wrestling Podcast on on Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, and all of your favorite podcast listening platforms. This episode coming up, we will are going to review the Forbidden Door pay-per-view. As Tony Khan tries to take advantage of, of the situation that's going on with WWE and a naughty Vincent Kennedy McMahon. <laughs> It's not going to happen. It's just like, <laughs> no, no. I, I mean, he has a great roster. He just needs wrestling people. And yeah, I don't, th- I don't think he's going to do that. Ooh. Unfortunately. Nah, he's not. Only one thing I'm going to say is <sighs> you, gotta, you have a lot of talent in AEW. And none of them are looked as stars. And everybody's getting hurt. So if I was Tony Khan, I would be like, okay, we need to evaluate what the hell are you guys doing no, to get hurt? No, I'm not talking about that. But I'm talking about your top champion is not presented or looked as a star. As oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Because they don't know how to book. Nope. I'm talking about make them look like an MJF. Well, I would have put the belt on him. There's, I I, I think the interim title idea is bad. Yes. Because you're going to have come back and then who's going to be the heel? CM Punk or or, or freaking um, John Moxley? And I I don't like Moxley the way he's been... He, I don't like the way he's been wrestling in AEW. I'm tired of this whole, this whole indie wrestling crap about this. All he has to bleed in every match, and it annoys me. I don't like the way John Moxley wrestles in AEW. Now I gotta say this: CM Punk goes down, and look the way how they set up these supposedly. Oh, the Battle Royal, whoever wins will face John Moxley. And between that match, they will go on to face Tanahashi at Forbidden Door. How come John Moxley did not have to fight nobody to, to be in the main event of that before facing Tanahashi? And then you create a Battle Royal with freaking random guys that probably do not deserve to be in the title picture yet. And Kyle O'Reilly wins. Exactly. Does it make any sense, dude? No. 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 I mean, <laughs> yeah. It's, it, it's just, total yeah. Total confusion, bro. It's total confusion. No. Like, I don't I... watch AEW as much, but it's like, it's total confusion. I have nothing against AEW or whatever. But yes, WWE, there's some stuff that's crappy. Yes, it's not going to be 100%. I don't watch WWE the whole footy show. I just watch the papers when it's on and okay, whatever. And that's it. But Raw, I just skip and watch whatever I want to see and that's it. And moving on forward and I just watch the highlights. 
ever since YouTube came out, it's just a highlight. 15 minutes, 20 minute highlights, and that's it. I got more stuff because it's more time. It's more, we got more time. We got to do more things. We got more. Yeah, we got to do our podcast. <laughs> exactly. We got, we got more stuff to do besides just wrestling. And that's what they don't understand. I'm like, I'm like, when the Monday Night Wars was happening, it was two hours of Monday Night Raw and two hours of Monday Night Nitro on the same day. Flipping channels within those two hours. And gr- put great stories and great, it, even though the wrestlers yeah. weren't as talented, but great stories. No, but, but it was, but it was two hours though. Those two hours in, of the day on Mondays. And flew by. And Thursdays, and Thursdays two hours though of the day. Mm-hmm. Look how it's going now. You got Monday Night Raw three hours. You got Tuesday. You got NXT two hours, and then you got Impact with the two hours. So you got more wrestling shows. Then you got Wednesday Dynamite two hours. Then Thursday, I don't know something else. Freaking or oh, that okay, never mind. You got Dark Impact. Elevation, whatever they want to shows they got on Monday too on YouTube, and then Dark whatever <laughs> on Tuesday, and then Friday Rampage, and then SmackDown on Friday. So it's nothing but wrestling, wrestling, wrestling throughout the whole week. And it's like, yeah, there's no time to watch others, dude. I don't got time to watch all the damn show, dude. And, so, then, to to- and then to top it off, and then to top it off, the storytelling sucks. The wrestlers suck. Yeah. In AEW's case, you have a booker that doesn't know how to book. In the WWE's case, you don't have enough talent and you have a booker and you have a booker that knows what he's doing but doesn't want to he Vince just wants them to be machines yep and he's got an old antiquated idea of doing shit that's why I was was, like man I'm like you guys are fucking hilarious I'm like look at the times man it was less hours of wrestling and kept us entertaining you guys are putting a shitload of tons of wrestling and you guys are not entertaining us it's like you guys gotta cut off on that shit yeah, well, but TV companies pay them a mil, pay them a lot of money for content. So exactly, but that's why I love YouTube and I would skip to watch that. There'll be more talk on your podcast about it, but today I should be usually when you do it Tuesday. Yeah, actually, we do it on Friday, so it should be available on Friday night, but. Oh, okay. I would have put the belt. I would have put the belt on MJF. That's what I wanted. Oh my God, he would have. It would have I'm been great. Or whatever. Night, One of these days, just put me on something grass and be like, talk about whatever you want to talk about. Well, might have to do it this Friday since we're talking about AEW. Alrighty. Well, thank you guys for listening, and have a good night. Good night, everybody.